Hello, I'm Justin Wheeler, and welcome to this episode of Nonstop Nonprofit. Why is grant management such a hassle? Well, I don't have the answers for that, but today's guest does. She has a solution. Ansley Fender, CEO and founder of Atlas, a grant management platform, is here to light up your various spreadsheets and applications and revenue streams and transactions and explain the uncharted chaos that separate databases is causing your programs. It's no secret that nonprofits struggle with the grant process, but Ansley's insight gave us a lot of hope for a world with democratized grant funding. Reimagining the funding lifecycle as a two-way street means more money, more support, and more impact, and it may be a reality sooner than we think. Tune in for the future of grant management and stick around till the end to hear some of the best nonprofit solutions we've heard for grant-loving organizations like yours. Let's jump in. It is your number one priority to ensure that your business can continue to deliver on its mission, whether it's this year, next year, and beyond. I'm always so baffled when I when I do webinars. There's always somebody at the end who raises their hand and says, I'm the development director. Should I have access to the budget? <laughs> I'm always like, yes, you've got to know that. The best thing that we can do is just raise as much money as possible and then give it to the people around the world. If you're going to be sustainable, you have to have a multi-channel strategy to reach all of these different generations of donors however they want to be reached. The best thing you can ever do as a nonprofit leader is spend as much money as possible on your story. And it snowballs like any peer-to-peer campaign. The more people that view this content, the further and further it grows. Then you're doing it wrong. That is unacceptable and that is not the way to run a board. The more nonprofits can give their donor base that experience of the impact that's being made on the ground level, there's nothing else you have to give someone. This is Nonstop Nonprofit. Welcome back, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Nonstop Nonprofit. Today, I'm here in the studio virtually with Ansley. Ansley, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Excited to talk about uh, your company and just the grants fundraising world in, in general. Before we jump in, uh, would you mind sharing with our listeners just a little bit more about yourself, your story, and why you got involved in the nonprofit sector? Yeah, for sure. So I was actually a musician for a really long time and grew up in the arts in and around arts nonprofits. And so I just, that's kind of what I knew. And I went to college for music and actually got injured my my sophomore year and was looking for something to do. And literally all I had done up to that point involved nonprofits. So I transitioned to a, a nonprofit management program and yeah, really enjoyed it, but realized I didn't actually want to work in nonprofits. And so I started, I, I went to grad school for for finance and and started doing uh, financial consulting for for nonprofits and loved it. But I, I started seeing this this grant management problem coming up over and over and over. And I guess just sort of decided to do something about it and ended up starting my my company, Atlas Solutions, to to basically build the software that I'd wish I had had with my clients. So what what were some of the in the challenges as as a financial consultant working with nonprofits? What were some of the challenges that you saw over and over again, which which led you to to start your, your company? So the biggest one was just the the money that it costs to manage a grant. And so like industry average is about 20% of grant funding going to manual admin, which is 
is nuts, uh, especially when you're dealing with an organization that's not funded through like sales. You know, there, there's no way to just increase their revenue really quickly. Um, and so then that that was the biggest one. And, and typically, you know, it's being managed like in a spreadsheet. Um, and, and I started looking at, you know, like what are businesses doing, like for-profit businesses, because I was also uh, doing some financial consulting for them as well. And they would never have dreamed of doing this stuff in a spreadsheet. And it, it wasn't the fault of the nonprofits. There just wasn't really anything that was addressing that need from the nonprofit perspective. So that would for sure be the biggest one. But there was also a lot of turnover. So of the organizations that did have some sort of grant management solution with software, you know, they they would sometimes have a new person in that seat every year, every couple of years. And so there's constant new training and it's really expensive software that's really hard to use. And so most of the people I was talking to were like, we use maybe 10% of the software, but we pay like $50,000 for it, wow. um, which is totally not sustainable. So I think there's something like over $4 trillion endowed like in, in foundations here in the, in the United States. Uh, and, and for listeners, in case you know, you're wondering, foundations have to give away 5%, they call it payouts on an annual basis. And so you, you would think that you know, there, there was a more sort of efficient way to raise three foundations given the size of, of the market. For clients that you've worked with uh, or, or for customers that are today using the Atlas Solutions, maybe share a little bit about uh, some some of the efficiencies that they get back, uh, or some of the the wins that they're experiencing as a result of of using you know a vertical specific piece of software like Atlas Solutions to address the challenges and 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 to hopefully you know take more of this opportunity from foundation funding. Yeah, so the biggest one is just not having to get more grants to pay for the management of the other grants. So you end up having <laughs> a grant that like when you when you aggregate everything, there's one grant going just to the admin costs on all the other grants. And when you're a homeless shelter or, you know, a boys and girls club, that's that's crazy that, you know, all of this time and effort is going into applying for a grant and you're not even really able to do anything with it. So that's been the biggest win is just actually being able to use the grant for the program it was intended to go for. Yeah. The second one is having all this information at your fingertips. So if I'm going to apply for a grant, I have to pull together tons of like program metric information from from previous programs. Like I have to prove that I'm worthy of getting a grant. And if this information is stored across multiple spreadsheets or worse, like pen and paper or people's desktop computers, like on lots of different workstations, then I have to aggregate all of this data every time I want to apply and add in all the new information. But with Atlas, that's you don't have to do that anymore. It's right at your fingertips. You can aggregate this information really quickly. So you just have a better overall idea of not only what your current grant specific financial position is, but also, you know, like how much you're going to need going forward retrospectively, what actually happened with that money. So you get this like complete financial picture that is nearly impossible to get in just a spreadsheet or with competing products. Got it. So yeah, so maybe walk walk me through sort of like a use case for an organization that, you know, that's that's raising let's call it hundreds of thousands of dollars a year through, through, you know, various grant opportunities, where would they, where would they start with, with Atlas solutions and, and, and like walk us through like the user journey from like start to finish, you know, grant completed, grant funded reporting, all, all that stuff. Like what, maybe give us a, a good idea of what a user can, would experience through going from start to finish. 
Yeah, for sure. So actually, the the client of mine that that is literally the reason that Atlas exists is a homeless shelter in in Bloomington, Indiana, where where I live. And so for them, getting two to three million dollars of of federal funding every year, basically how it would start for them is they sync their accounting software with Atlas. They you know, create an account, sync their accounting software, we pull in all their financial transactions. So they're not having to upload transactions or manually enter anything. Everything comes straight in. And then on sort of the back end of the system, they're setting up their different funding sources. So what are these grants? Who gave them to them? What is the source of funds? Is it federal, state, local, foundation? Um, lots of details that, you know, people are al- always trying to reference, but it's set up right at the beginning. And then they set up the budget for the grant. So if it's contractually obligated or if it's self-imposed, they set that up. And then as transactions are updated, they're tagging each of those transactions with the corresponding funding source and budget line item. So in real time, everything is being updated. They know day to day how they're doing against their budget, how they're doing overall. Since most federal grants are paid as reimbursements, it's really important to know how much you've spent versus how much has actually come in because you can end up running in the red really quickly if you're not keeping an eye on that. So that's another really important uh, use case, especially for federally funded nonprofits. And then as they're going um, and they're tracking, you know, really important performance metrics like how many people are using the homeless shelter during COVID, you know, how many new COVID positive people are coming into their COVID relief shelter? How many meals are they serving? All of that information can be stored inside Atlas. So when it's time to report either, you know, on those monthly reporting schedules or at the end of of the grant, they have all that information and can run a report and export all of that into a spreadsheet or into a PDF and literally just send that off to who they need to report to. Got it. Okay. So it has that, that reporting mechanism for maybe organizations who don't have like an established like foundation channel for, for fundraising. Does Atlas help sort of not necessarily on the solicitation side, but connect the right type of opportunities that make sense to the organization? Maybe talk a little bit about the like if and, and what the solicitation sort of process looks like within the software. Yeah, for sure. So right now we're really more on the tracking and reporting side, okay. um, but we are actually, we have in development and are testing a procurement side feature that uses artificial intelligence. And so basically what we do is organizations fill out a profile about who they are, demographic information, program information. I mean, like you can write a book about what it is that you do. And then we actually pull data from grant databases all over the internet. And we take those forms and mash them up with the information in these databases. And so, you know, like it's super common for someone to spend an hour like, oh my God, this this grant we qualify for, this is great. They start reading the RFP and on the bottom of page 19, there's a clause that's like, okay, great. Now we don't qualify and I've just burned an hour on this. And so thanks to artificial intelligence, we can actually read those RFPs really, really quickly and use that sort of nuance in the descriptions about the programs and really increase the matching capability. And then basically we return a statistical probability that they qualify for that grant. And then they can decide, do I want to go, you know, look at this grant further? If I have an 80% likelihood of qualifying for this and based on the information in Atlas, I only get 20% of the federal grants I apply for, you know, like what's that sort of mental cost benefit analysis there of actually taking the time to look through this? Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's, there's so much time wasted on, uh, from nonprofits that are applying to grants that they never have a chance at, at even, 
you know, receiving. And right. so to, to use AI to better match organizations with foundations, do you see there, uh, do you see a, an opportunity eventually? So aside from like the data that you're getting from these databases, public databases, like partnering with, with foundations to maybe provide like a more white glove experience of under like creating a marketplace essentially to, for, to help align, you know, foundations with nonprofits and vice versa. Is that, is that part of the, the, the product roadmap or is it more going to be focused on sort of the, the AI component of, of matching, you know, charities with potential grant makers? Yeah, that's a great question. So on the procurement side, absolutely. And what we're really trying to do is, you know, like a lot of grants go to organizations with clout and it takes a long time to build clout. And so, you know, there are all these really great smaller nonprofits that just aren't able to get their name out there. And so one of the things we're working on doing is exactly what you just said, is basically creating a marketplace where as a funder, I could go in and say, okay, I'm looking for organizations that help, that have a needle exchange program in Colorado in these zip codes. And I could find those exact organizations and find out what they're looking for in terms of funding, what funding they've gotten before. And if I am that needle exchange program, I can also look for funders that have funded those types of things in my area. So absolutely, that's the direction we're heading with that. On the uh, the tracking and reporting side, so one of the things that really distinguishes Atlas from everyone else is that we bring funders and funding recipients together in a single platform. So funders can use Atlas the same way funding recipients can. And so the way that ends up working out is if I'm a foundation and I give money to you know 20 organizations in my area and I have an Atlas account, as I'm entering those, those grants in the system, they become live on the recipient side. And so there's not like they're dealing with the same information. Why do both of them have to enter it? So it actually just updates on the funding recipient side and they can communicate back and forth. And so where we're wanting to go with that is automating this as much as possible. So instead of me having to report to a community foundation, they can already see how I'm doing against my budget because they can I can just push that information to their side of Atlas. Yeah. So really trying to look for ways to to circumvent all of this, this paperwork and all of this time-consuming stuff that is taking away from serving the people that they're supposed to be serving. Yeah. Makes total sense. So what, at what stage uh, would you say it makes sense for organizations to start investing in software like Atlas? Is it, if you have $0 raised from, from foundations, but you're looking to get into the grant world, does it make sense? Should you be more established? What, what's sort of like the ideal profile in, uh, from your perspective, where it makes sense to really start investing in, in, in the tech uh, behind grant fundraising? I I mean, I'm a little bit biased as soon as possible, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. but we actually do have some ways to like plan funding going forward. So we, we have had some customers that are like, we're just planning for funding. We, we haven't, we haven't applied for anything yet. Great. Like get in at the very beginning, the metrics that are populated by the system are going to be better the longer you have information in them. So the earlier, the better. There is not really like, we've tried to make it so that like pricing wise, it's not like you have to be a multi-million dollar organization to be able to afford it. So tiered pricing so that if you're at the very beginning stages of, hey, we're looking for grants, we're not really sure where we're going with this, it is still affordable. If you're churning out $4 million a year in, in grants, we can accommodate that as well. Got it. From from your experience, you know, working with with nonprofits and and being and, and building a company around grants, what are some of the best ways or approaches organizations can take to really build out this channel for it to be a meaningful piece of uh, of the revenue? What what are some like best practices or tips 
you can share with organizations looking to, to build out this program? Yeah. So a lot of organizations just throw a bunch of applications out there and sort of see what sticks. And that is a method, but it's very, very time consuming and can be really expensive, especially if you're churning out a bunch of like federal applications that take a really long time to, to prepare. So my first piece of advice is be really strategic, like know what your conversion rate is. If you have yet to convert a federal grant, definitely apply, but don't put as much in that. If you get all the community foundation grants you apply for, keep doing it. It might be smaller amounts, but you know you're going to get it. So it's just really sort of learning where you're at versus, you know, like how quickly you can turn out these applications and how quickly they convert. The second is find strategic partners. So if your city is doing a program that you can attach your name to, that city is going to be far more likely to get state and federal funding, especially because of all of like the COVID relief funding. If you can somehow do something COVID related or public health related, there is so much money out there for you, literally billions. And part of that is that community or uh, economic development is, is having a heyday and will continue to have a heyday for the foreseeable future. So if you can prove your usefulness to your community, um, either to your local government or your state government, that's the way to guarantee that that you have staying power. Got it. Is And so, yeah, I mean, one of the things you mentioned around sort of like organizations with more clout typically get funding, at least from like the more like, uh, you know, reputable foundations and, and, and so forth. One, one of the things I've also noticed, and I spent about 12 years as a, as a fundraiser before starting my business fundraise, was the sort of the diversity in funding was also something that was an attractive attractive data point for grant fund, uh, investors uh, in the sense of like, they didn't want to make up, you know, a large percentage of, of your total budget. And so when they would see a diversified sort of uh, revenue streams across the board, we that's when we started to see better success on, on the grant side of things. And so, you know, one, one thing I thought I'd add sort of here for, for our listeners is it could be, and it, again, it really depends on, on, on your cause, on your mission, you know, like as you stated, like it could be easier to start on like an individual fundraise uh, program, giving program to build up some momentum so that when you go to grants, uh, you have more data to back up sort of, you know, your, your organization and, and the legitimacy of, of what you can accomplish, you know, to show the, those results. Uh, on the, on the grants, I, one of the, one of the things that I hear a lot of nonprofits kind of complain about is, is sort of the amount of work that goes into administering the grant once it's been funded. Sure. Right. So specifically like the reporting and, you know, the requirements just kind of changing and being different across the board. If you're getting funded from 10 different foundations, you may have 10 different like processes that you have to run to, you know, to report back to, to these foundations. And so this is where I imagine you saw a lot of cost being eaten up by grants was, was in this. And so how do, how do you solve that problem and how can organizations get better at ideally or foundations for that matter, streamlining the actual reporting element, because that, that seems to be uh, the biggest time suck in my experience fundraising with with from foundations for sure so in the short term our higher level subscription tiers include some custom reports so if it's like we need this specific information for xyz foundation we can build that report for them it's included in their subscription from a long-term perspective, one of the things that I've tried to be really careful about is questioning every single part of the grant process. It's antiquated uh, at best. And so 
is everything that's involved in it, like, sh- should it be? And so one of the things we've looked at is things like college application processes and things like that. If every single college had a totally different application process, people would not apply for more than a handful of schools. So something like a common app is what really helped that out. Is there a way to do a nonprofit common app, at least for foundations or something like that? You know, how, what information do they care about? And so that's another thing that we're trying to do is what, like, as we start getting more and more funders onto Atlas, what are people actually asking for? What do they care about? What actually matters in terms of efficiency of funds and programming? And as we start to hone in on what those factors are, can we build an application around those things and actually fully automate that process? So think like LinkedIn. If I want to apply for a job, all my information is already on LinkedIn. I can just click apply. What if we could do that for grant applications? All the information's in Atlas. You see the grant that Atlas sent you that you want to apply for. Click apply. Boom, application happened. So, I mean, that obviously is not a tomorrow thing. Um, yeah. But, you know, several years down the road, that that's where we're trying to head. Because, I mean, like you said, there's like $4 trillion of foundation money out there. But there's like, outside of there, there's like $3 trillion given out every year to every sector. That's a lot of money that people are spending time trying to compete for. When in reality, clicking a button should get it done very, very quickly and and make sure that this money is is going to who it should go to. Yeah, that's interesting. Common app. I mean, there's definitely a lot of like efficiency wins there. And it'd be interesting to see like entities come together uh, and to agree mm-hmm. on on that. The other question like, and it kind of pertains to sort of just the inefficiencies in, in grant fundraising today, uh, but also like there's no, this notion of trying to also uh, democratize you know, grant giving, how to make it a more fair process. Any like, right. do you have any thoughts just from your experience in working with foundations across, you know, sectors on some of the best ways that that can be better democratized, decentralized so that, for example, like community foundations, they're not, you know, making decisions in the boardroom, but actually making decisions at the ground level where the real work is happening. Any sort of thoughts or commentary that you have around that conversation that's happening in, in the space today? Yeah, I think there are a couple of things. I think one, and I think this is universal, like for anyone applying for anything, get rid of identifying information. The name of the organization, the size of it, its its previous track record of getting grants is not necessarily indicative of success. There are plenty of other metrics that that are better predictors of successful use of funds. So you might have to go figure out what those are based on, you know, what your portfolio is. But I, I think there are other ways to look at that. And I, I think one of the ways is a static report doesn't really tell you what happened with the funding. Ask for videos, photos, news articles, interviews, testimonials. Talk to the people that actually experienced the programs that came out of this funding. Because at the end of the day, that's who you're supposed to be helping, not the bookkeeper that put together this report. And so I I think the system is sort of set up, I don't want to say to fail, but to not maximize the success of grant-funded nonprofits. So I I think the whole thing sort of needs to be turned on its head. What what do you really care about? Do you want to see efficiencies and successful deployment of programs? Then find a way to ask for information that that proves that that happened. The the (laughs) other thing too that I'd I'd like to offer up for, for nonprofits you know, the thing that I stayed away from when, when I was fundraising, specifically foundation, was org- foundations who had a mandate 
to fund once and essentially require you to find other funding. I think that those aren't great partners for organizations because, you know, to your point, you spend a lot of time building that relationship, investing in, in the application and you, yeah, you, you get funded, but then year two comes around and you've got a big hole in your budget. And if you're trying right. to grow, not only do you have to make up for that, that void, but you also then have to find two or three other sort of foundations to help make up for it. And so one of the things is as organizations are looking to really build out this program, find partners that will commit multi-year because again, as a nonprofit, the problems that you're solving, they're not solved in a year. They're not solved overnight. And so you need partners that will be with you in the long run. And not every foundation takes that sort of approach. And so I think that's another important aspect in, in building out this program is to find you know those multi-year commitments, which will make your lives specifically in this area a lot, a lot easier. And so anything else that you'd like to share as we kind of wrap up here, I really th- appreciate you coming on to talk a little bit more about Atlas. Anything else you'd like to share with nonprofits as as they kind of gear up for end of year fundraising and and planned for 2022, anything that you'd like to share uh, as we as we close here? Yeah, I think COVID really highlighted that nonprofits have to be able to pivot really quickly. So I think going through the process of, you know, if you didn't have a building, what would you do? If you didn't, you know, if you couldn't work in person, what would you do? Like just starting to question all the things that nonprofits have sort of taken as a given and really thinking about if everything in your organization were to have to change, what would you do? And some of that they've already had to do over the past year and a half. But I think getting in that mindset of of constantly changing based on demand is really, really important for for nonprofits to have that long-term sustainability. That's, yeah, totally. Uh, 2021 will not be the first year that organizations have to pivot. It's, no. you know, t- to be a, a growing adaptive nonprofit this will be, I think, a part of an organization's culture uh, to, to not only survive, but really thrive in, in a changing sort of economy and the way people interact with nonprofits and, and so forth. So definitely, definitely agree with, with that insight there. Well, Ansley, thank you so much for, for the time today. We'll definitely ensure in, in the sort of the uh, notes under the podcast, we'll link out to, uh, to the information you shared about Atlas for organizations looking for grant-making software. Uh, to better manage the process and to report back, uh, please check out Atlas Solutions. And we look forward to watching your company grow and finding lots of success. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Nonstop Nonprofit. This podcast is brought to you by your friends at Fundraise, nonprofit fundraising software built by nonprofit people. If you'd like to continue the conversation, find me on LinkedIn or text me at 562 242 8160. And don't forget to get your next episode the second it hits the internets. Go to nonstopnonprofitpodcast.com and sign up for email notifications today. See you next time.